You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather around, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with my good buddy, Sean. Hello. We've got a long-awaited episode for you today. We've gotten questions over the last few months about how do you convert your existing dynasty team into a franchise or dynasty league into a franchise league. So we're going to be talking about how to do that. We firmly believe that franchise fantasy football. Oh, very nice. Uh, franchise fantasy football is the best fantasy game on the planet. So we are going to talk about how to convert your existing league into that format. Sean. Yes. We got playoffs going on in the NFL. It's exciting. It is. Do you uh, do you have a team that you're rooting for that you like? Mm. Since the Vikings are out of it, <laughs> I'm rooting for the Browns this year. I, I I like the Browns. I like the Bills, and I don't know what happens if the Browns play the Bills. I mean, I'm I'm I, I feel like the Bills are kind of like the kindred spirits of the Minnesota Vikings, having lost all those Super Bowls. Um, but you know, the Browns are just. It's hard not to. How do you not root for the Browns unless you don't like particular players or something? You know, well, I think part of it, living in Minnesota, we have this underdog, uh, I don't know, ethos is the right word, but we, right. t- we tend to root for the underdogs. So, yeah, I can see why a lot of people around here would root for the Browns who, or the Bills. Who, who are you liking? I, I agree. I, I really like the Bills. I think the Bills are fun to watch, and I think the Browns are also fun to watch. I'm rooting for them. What's interesting, typically, because we're Vi- or I'm a Vikings fan, and they're in the NFC, I typically root for NFC teams. Yeah, but I just I don't I don't like this crop of teams. I find them not very interesting. I, I kind of like the Rams mostly because there's a chance that Van Jefferson might get on the field. <laughs> um, and and you know I kind of like the Bucks. I kind of like. I, I like the Tom Brady story, and maybe not. Maybe people are tired of Tom Brady. I haven't liked Tom Brady for most of the time, so it's kind of it's kind of new to me. Yeah, rooting for Tom Brady, sure, or rooting against him forever, but I'm kind of rooting for him now. Yeah, I mean, given this, well, okay, there's two takes I can I can have with this. Before the season started, I picked the Saints and the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl. So if that happens, oh, you're still you're still in it. I'm still in it. If that happens, I feel like a genius. But that's not really what I want to see happen. Right. If I have to choose an NFC team, I guess I'd go with the Bucks. Um, and then from the AFC, yeah, Bills, Bills or Browns for sure. I'm going to say Bills. I want to see a Bills Bucks Super Bowl. Um, I'm with you. All right, we can agree on that. We, All right, we, we can agree on that. So let me ask you a question though. Yeah. Um, I mentioned Van, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've made no, you know, I've made no. Uh, I don't know what the word I want to say is. No illusion. No, yeah, uh, I've not been. Whatever. I've made it clear that I kind of root for that guy. Um, but when your players are in the fantasy playoffs, do you fa- root... fantasy playoffs or I'm NFL? Sorry. sorry, in the NFL yeah, playoffs, okay. 
if your players are in the fantasy playoffs, you're going to root I for them. I definitely root for yeah. them. But, if, uh, uh, but when they're in the NFL playoffs, do you root for them to continue to progress and, 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 and win their games? Or do you root against them so they have less wear and tear and injury risk and all that? What do, what do you... I, I like to see my guys do well at all times. So I would root for them to continue. I just think it adds... Um, value to them in the off season if I'm looking to trade them or even if I'm not I like to see what they have and and how they progress through the playoffs so if you're me you wouldn't root for Van Jefferson to have like a a 200 yard receiving game but then lose (laughs) or Josh Allen to have some incredible game but lose you would you just you straight up root for them all the way through yeah yeah I mean unless they play against each other then you uh, have to choose well I guess then you have to choose right so no, <laughs> I think I'm. I think I'm in the same. I think I'm in the same boat. I kind of. I mean, I would. I, I. I might feel differently if I, if I had a player get injured in the fan, in the NFL playoffs. I don't think I don't recall it happening to me. A serious injury in the NFL playoffs. Yeah, I don't remember that either. And you know, it's a rough game. People get hurt all the time. It yeah. I, I. I'm not going to root for a guy to not play a game or two just to avoid that. Right. I know that's where I'm at. All right, Sean, are you ready to jump into our main topic today? Let's do it. All right, so why don't you set it up? I know you've you've uh, given this some considerable thought. Well, as much as I'm capable of it. Um, <clears throat> so here's the thing. So the question has been presented to me as I have a dynasty league that I'm in, and we want to switch to a salary cap league. How do I do it? The first thing that I ask is... Why do you want to convert, right? So the and, and the reason is is I'm guessing usually it's one of two things. One, I've got this group of people, right, who we want to do this other thing, and the other possibility is 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 it, I I want to convert instead of start all over because I have this particular set of players. And and, and what I would say is if it's the collection of people that you're that you're playing with. You can just start a league. You don't have to. You you don't have to convert. You can just start a salary cap. That, just uh, like start an additional yeah. franchise league, right? And uh, in fact, if you're worried about, oh, I don't want to have that many leagues or more leagues, you can take your original league and you can convert it to like an empire league. So it has a sunset provision. An empire league is a league where if someone wins twice, the league ends. Is so, it? Twice, period? Twice in a row, usually. Okay. I mean, you could make whatever rules you, you want. You can do whatever you want. Say, well, the next, sure. next time somebody repeats or, or someone wins another one, we can, we're going to end it. So you, you basically sunset that league, and you get to keep on playing that league until the sunset, and then you start the new league. And I would say that that's the cleanest way. Um, because, And part of it's because the things that you get with a – uh, franchise league are a lot of fun when you start from from the ground up. Like that first night or day, I guess, when you have, or sometimes it's a day and a night, <laughs> when you have the initial auction is really kind of magical. For me, it was the most fun I've ever had um, in any fantasy football experience was the initial auction for the league that we started, or at least you joined maybe officially I officially joined, yeah, a couple of years in, but I was at the initial. You were auction. there, and it was cool, wasn't it? Yeah, it was awesome. And like, I mean, you know, I set my team up for like 
dominance for like half a decade. You got TO at like the minimum and stuff like that. You had all those those things that happen at an auction. Um and uh and and that's worth to me that's worth just doing the startup and uh you don't have to convert. But there are gonna and, and there are people who are gonna say I don't want to do more leagues and and I really like I've built this team. I'm willing to go with you into this new era of doing a franchise league, but I want to continue this current thing we have. Or maybe there's a lot of history with this particular group where you've got, you know, a cool name and the cool trophies and, and whatnot, and you want to retain that history and just kind of change it into something else. So we've come up with some some ideas on how to do that. Yeah, and I just want to jump in, and maybe it's already clear to people, but just in case it's not, we use the term franchise fantasy football to describe a dynasty league that involves salary cap, it involves contracts, um, lots of different terms are applied to different types of leagues, but that's basically it. It's a dynasty league where you can sign guys for uh, a period of time and you have to to deal with a, a salary cap. Yeah. And, you know, there's lots of different ways um, these are organized um, it, on our in our Facebook group. So we've got our rules. Um, other people have posted their rules um, and people will openly discuss how their leagues are different. And I, I don't try to, to say, you know, one way is the only way to do it. But we just want to make sure people understand that we're not talking about leagues where you are based upon what an NFL player is, what his salary is in the NFL. And that's cool in, in its own way, but it's not what we're talking about. We're talking about where you have control and you are essentially the general manager and, and have the power of making decisions about whether to, to keep guys, get rid of guys, sign them for contracts and, and uh, you know, and manage your, your, your cap. So um, basic concepts that you have to, I think, deal with when you're making a conversion is you have to agree on what your number is, and it can be kind of arbitrary, what your maximum cap number is. I think you got to do that early on. Sure. So this we've, we've now moved beyond. You would recommend just starting from scratch. But if, you are, yes. if you're sold on converting your existing league, this, these are now the steps that you want to follow. Yes. Thanks for the transition. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing is you have to, you have to, you have to come up with an, an, a number and you have to come up with the, like the subunits within that. It could be whole dollar amounts. It could be decimal points. It could be whatever. And that's actually maybe probably the more important part is the number of units in your scale. Right. So for example, our league is a $25 million salary cap. Lots of guys in our league think of that as $25. Right. And our minimum contract is $0.1 million. Lots of guys think of that as a dime or 10 cents. Mm -hmm. So the actual number of the cap doesn't matter a ton. What matters is how many units you have within that scale. Right. And, and it, you know, every amount between that $100,000 you know, going up in $50,000 increments. So you can, you can count that. I've done it before. I've counted the total number. I think actually in our earlier episode, we talked about uh, starting a league. I think I actually mentioned the number. I, I'm not going to do the math right now because Justin's not here. It's like, I think if it's about 250 or 300. It's, or actually in our league, it's probably closer to four. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot, but you want, you want a lot of units. That's the bottom line. Um, 
and and that allows for some some adjustments. So you don't how you're actually going to structure your cap, structure your contracts, all that stuff. If you want to figure all that out and how you want to do that, I would recommend looking at our rules, our model rules online, um, or or uh, listening to episode fifteen where we where we kind of go through this stuff. Um, and let me just jump in again, Sean. Yep. We've mentioned our uh, our website a few times. We have a Facebook uh, group. It's called the Steel Pod, and that's what we're talking about. That's where we're posting these things. Right. So I think I think what you would you essentially need to do is you need to come up with your rules, what your rules are going to be, and you want to do that early on. Then you have to decide how. And there's kind of I think there's three phases to a conversion. Right. And actually, and, and, and this is true for all three ideas that we have. Um, and those are one, you're going to want to deal with the players that are currently on your team. Two, you have to figure out a rookie draft and when you're going to have that rookie draft. And three, you have to have a way of getting players like that are not on a team on teams. Um, rookie draft and like what I call free agency, those are going to be kind of dictated by what your rules are. I, I know for us, we do rookie draft pretty, you know, in, in training camp. Uh, yeah, it's late in the year compared to a lot of Yeah, a lot of leagues will do rookie draft in the summer. It, it, there's, I, I'm not going to tell you which way to do it. I'm just going to say that's one process. Free agency is another process. But the, the, the how you deal with the players currently on everybody's roster is kind of the, the key elements to the conversion right and the easiest way um the first idea right um is what i call the neutral arbiter so the neutral arbiter um is basically you choose a site and and there's a lot of sites out there that have dynasty auction values and it could be i think fanduel dlf there's several of these that um that you know they tell you what they think their values are and everybody might disagree on that so what you would do is when you agree upon your rules you would choose a site and you would say we're going to use this site on this date and the, the value of the, those players from that site on that date right and then you, and you, you choose it ahead of time um and when that date hits those are the values of your players. And you might have to do a conversion. You might have to do some kind of, let's say, I don't, I don't know, let's say if FanDuel's got a $200 cap. Right. Or and you might want to, you, you might want to, want to follow our rules and you've got 25. Well, you can do math. Everybody can do that math. It's yeah, not, just convert it. Yeah, just convert it. Um, and you, you can choose, and you could actually have this be, if you know what it's going to be, when you set up what your cap is going to be, you can choose to use the same cap structure as this neutral arbiter. And then you could give yourself a little wiggle room. You could, if you wanted to put more pressure on teams to, to, to have uh, cap pressure, you could choose an amount that's actually a little less, right? Or you so could if choose it's 200, you set your cap at 180 or something, or something like that. Yeah. Or, yep. Or you could choose a little more. If you want to have like a transition period, you want to have a little bit of buffer. You can choose a number as your cap number that is going to allow pretty much people to keep most of their players 
at least initially and right. just allow that pressure to it's just a, that you can make that choice and that right. and that and everybody can decide it really kind of depends on how much parity you want in your league right away the more pressure you put on things the more parity you're going to have um <clears throat> so anyway the key to that is you want to pick what site you're going to use ahead of the t- of, of the time when the values lock um so you can't really like try to pick your site just to make you know with the undervalues the players that you like right. um i think that's kind of a that's that's a concern in this particular way um but that's at least um one way to do it and then you can do so let's say you 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 choose this valuation and this conversion you do the math everybody's got got values then you can have a period of cuts um where you know where if you are over the cap you have an opportunity to cut players to get under the cap um and then you would have and that would all be done before you have a second free agency period which would be to cover players that are that are free agents or are not on teams right now including players that are cut right. right and you can and you can order that i mean i would tend to do this this initial valuation period then do a rookie draft and then do um the regular free agency um but i'm not saying you have to do it in that particular way you could do it a different way right right and that's really how it works in Arley. you're just basically you've established this team and it has a value it's almost like picking up in a franchise league like my team has players on it i'm over the cap currently because we have a soft cap and a hard cap so i have to cut two and two and a half million dollars right off the bat just to make the cap to start the season next year so so you're over the cap and you didn't even make the playoffs everybody's over the cap (laughs) move along sean mcguire (laughs) um so, so the big advantage of the neutral arbiter is that it's easy, it's quick. If you're in a league with where you're not like you don't know everybody really well, or people live great distances from each other, um, it's just a real easy way of doing it. Um, it so that its simplicity is uh, is its blessing. I also think that that's kind of its curse. Like I don't know how you feel about it, but. When, for me, the values feel artificial. Like, why do I care what FanDuel has Drew Brees at? I get maybe he's retiring, so maybe I should throw somebody else on Jonathan Taylor, right? Why do I care what this neutral thing thinks about my valuation should be my valuation? Right. And well, and you may have done a really good job putting a team together and have a you know a bunch of superstars, and now all of a sudden you're over the cap and you can't keep them. That's true. Although that's going to be true for all of these that's methods. True. It's that's probably, true. It, it depends. Um, but there's not really, like the values are feel artificial. Yeah. Um, as I said earlier, there's the potential that, that choosing the site, there can be some monkeying around and people wanting one site versus another based upon how their team would be valued. But not if you do it the way you suggested. Well, I think that it reduces its likelihood, but mm-hmm. I honestly suspect that there's not going to be a ton of, of change. But for me, the the biggest problem I have with this one is that the valuation process is not in itself fun, right? right? And the whole reason why we are doing this, some people, I guess, do it to make money. It's I think you, there's better ways to spend your time <laughs> if you want to invest in stocks or something. Great. 
the valuation process, if you if it can be fun, should be fun. And this is the least fun of the options. Yeah. All right. Next next uh next way to do this called the blind auction maybe is a little more fun. I, I mean, think it's I think it's I think it's a little more fun. It's not as fun as the last option. Yeah, I think we're going in order of fun, but yeah, it's maybe, the, maybe more complicated fun, but less funner, funnest, <laughs> right? Right. Okay. So the complication goes up, so does the fun. Yes. Okay. That, that's probably true for lots of things in life. Um okay. So what happens in the blind auction? So again, it's this three-phase process, but what you do with the with the blind auction, this is how I perceived it, and I guess people could manage it a little bit differently. But what the idea that I had was, okay, if everybody looks at their own roster and places secret values on their own players, right, totaling up to no more than whatever the cap amount is, and you can value them however you want. Um, you could value a guy zero, right? If you think, you know, if, if you think Marlon Mack ain't coming back, OJ Howard's not coming back and put a zero on that guy. Right. And those are secret. You keep those yourself. Um, maybe if you, you got a, a, a commissioner or maybe there's some kind of, uh, commissioner's e- email address or folder or some way you, you manage it that way. Um, to, if people are not trustworthy, if people aren't trustworthy, that's a different problem. But yeah, I, and maybe I'm jumping ahead here, Sean, but this really just sounded a lot to me like our free agent bidding process during a season. It's a lot like that. We, we have chosen not to automate our bids for various reasons, but so we end up sending our, their blind bids. We send them to a, uh, an email address that the uh, commissioner only has access to. Um, so it's, it's establishing, I think this player is worth this amount. This is what I'm willing to play for this, this pay for this player. So this, that's what this reminded me of. Right. So, and and that's essentially, and then everybody would have the ability to put an offer on anybody else's players. Just like free agency. Just like free agency. Everybody's a free agent, right? Um, and, uh, so if, if someone offers your players, a greater salary than you're willing to offer your own players, they go, right? Um, the other team gets them. Yep, the other team gets them. Uh, this is blind, so there's not a right to match. Um, and I guess the big advantage for you, if you have a team, is you know you get to manage how you want to structure your own offers. Um, so, and the other thing is that if somebody offers your player uh, a contract and he leaves your team and goes to somebody else's team, that becomes a guaranteed contract, right. for, at least for that year. They have to keep him through free agency. They can't just cut him. Right. right? Whereas I think y- the vision that I had is you could, after this free agency period, cut players. Um, although I guess if someone offered on your player and you kept him, you have to decide whether you wanted to basically allow people to cut players, even that somebody else had already bid on. Mm. But to me, it seems like basically, I think the deal is you're, if, if a contract has been offered on a player, either then he's going to somebody's team and that's going to be a guaranteed contract for that year. You can't cut him through the year. Right. <clears throat> so the big advantage that you would have is essentially being able to set your own value values for your own player and prioritize the things you want to prioritize, knowing that you might lose a player or two. 
but um yeah and and so you get to pick and choose how you want to budget things um you really 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 love alvin kamara well you might put a number on him that's bigger than you think he's worth simply because you want him on your team and you consider him to be integral to your to your success in the next your window for the next two years right so that's so i got a question yeah i as you were explaining that what if I'm bidding on play? You know, I've set values for players on my team. Uh, then I I place blind bids on players on other teams, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I avoid going over the cap? Like, it seems like it might be easy to keep enough of your players and win enough of their players that you end up over the cap. Yeah, and and that, and that's just gonna have to do with the rules of the bidding. So if 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 your rules are that you know that anybody that has a contract offered and signs one way or another ties up that money like you free agent that's one of the risks of going after a player is you're going to have to figure you're going to have to make sure you have space under your cap to fit that player um you could handle that with a you could do it chronologically you know like you you move along and then and and offer players that you know and do rounds kind of a thing or you could do um uh, or you could do it where the the players on your own team, even if somebody offers, if you have a higher number, you still get to cut them. Um, and that way, only the successful free agent offers are the ones that are guaranteed. Guaranteed, gotcha. Uh, um, that's the easiest way to do it. But of course, then you've got the problem of your player, in theory, has rejected offers and then now gets cut. So like. It, it, there's there's certainly like a like a thing that in real life probably wouldn't happen unless Le'Veon Bell's involved in the decision making. Gotcha. <laughs> so so that's that's one of the tricks with doing this blind auction yeah. process because there's if it's all going on at the same time. Yeah. Um, if it's not phased in any particular way, you you do have that risk of what happens with if people end up being over the cap. And you have to you have to have a process for how that's done, and maybe that's, you know, then there's another round of cuts, and then you you, you go through several different rounds of this kind of thing. Um, but uh, that's one way to do it. Um, with an advantage of of doing some kind of blind auction is if you don't get to actually physically get together with people, right? It's all done via email, long distance. That's kind of the I, I see it as the primary advantage. Um, if people don't want to spend a big chunk of time, you know, in a room, I'm, and I'm, this is all presuming that you know we're all done with coronavirus right. and we're hanging out together again in the fall. Um, but uh, uh, so that's kind of the advantage. Of that the disadvantage is just again missed opportunity to have fun. Yeah. Um, and I and I also don't think you have a great advantage. You know, if you're trying to convince people to to be in a salary cap league, a franchise league, um, this particular method doesn't provide a huge advantage for people who have, you know, for the home team. If you've got this player, if someone if it's just blind bids and you might lose the player, like, um, there's some advantage, but there's not much advantage. Not much, yeah. yeah I mean, you uh, it basically it does feel like a free agency. It, Pretty it feels, wide open free it, agency. And period. then the question is, if you're going to do that, why wouldn't you just start all just over again? You can just go after your own guys anyway. So I'm not a big fan of this option. Um, but the last option, 
actually the last option I don't hate. And 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 if I was going to not start from from scratch, and I really, really, really wanted to to keep going what I've got in terms of rosters, then what I would go for is a, a restricted auction, regular yeah. restricted auction. I think this that's, is my favorite as well. Right, and basically, um, again, this first phase is um, is dealing with the players on your team. So I would tend to do this before a rookie draft. Um, so the what, what you do is you would you essentially do it as we conduct our regular auction. You pick an order. It's either first to worst or worst to first. It doesn't matter. It right. be alphabetical. It doesn't and, matter. And when you say pick an order, it's just who throws out the next name, right? Right. So, um, so basically, if it's your turn, you throw out a, 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 the name of a player, right? I, probably not a player on your own team. You could, I guess, throw out a player on your own team. And, you know, you start with a starting bid. And then if it's it, then everybody but the owner of that player bids for that player. So it's free agency for if you're in a league of 12 people, 11 people are bidding on that player. And let's just use let's just use Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I, I was going to say an example here would probably make sense. All right, so let's you do Zeke and Zeke gets bid up to 10 million dollars, right? For whatever your cap is, it doesn't matter. Right. Then the owner, the current owner of Zeke, has a choice. So once the bidding has stopped, you've got owner A, let's call him Farhan, wins wins the, the bid for Zeke. You've got owner B, let's call him Sean, since I have the Zeke. I get the choice of do I want to match that or not? If I match it, he's he goes on my roster. Do you, do you match it or do you top it? I think you match it. It's restri- okay. it, it, it's 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 you, I think I mean it doesn't honestly you could you could top it by, but there's no additional bidding. It right. is, it is. Farhan won at ten million. It goes to you. You can say I, I'll pay ten million, yep. or I'll pay ten point one. Because yeah, I, I would, I would just say you match it. Okay, because then that makes sense. So it's like restricted free agency, um, and you know, and so basically, you get an up or down choice on every player on your team. Yeah, you don't get to control what that number is. You still have to manage your cap. Right. Um, so that's that. That's basically the premise behind it. And then after after Zeke goes off the the board, then somebody else, you know, let's say you throw out, I don't know, Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay. All right. So you're throwing out one of your own players, right? Oh well, no, that's just... okay. And you can do that because maybe you want to. Maybe you really want him, and you want early in the process, you want to know, right? How much am I going to have to pay him? Right. Exactly. You 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 just want to know what that number is early on because it's going to help you make decisions right. later on. Now we're kind of talking strategy, but um, you throw out whoever you're going to throw out. Everybody bids on him. Maybe I have the high bid, you know, uh, at uh, five million bucks. Right. Well. Thumbs up, thumbs down. You might think Kenny Galladay is absolutely worth it, or I'm going to let him go. Right. Um, and then once you do the whole auction, um, then I would typically then the next phase would be rookie draft, and then you have a separate auction where you deal with players that were either not selected in restricted free agency or you know, for one reason or another, weren't on a roster when the whole thing began. Like maybe right. some person of, of great value that emerged in the 2020 playoffs or something. You know? Right. 
So that's that's the um, that's that's my favorite option. Um, you end up having I I think that this restricted free agency auction is going to feel about ninety percent as cool as a startup auction, maybe ninety five percent. And actually, it could be 105% because the idea of you bidding up a guy and thinking you won and having the original owner saying, <laughs> you know, I match it, like there's a lot of tension built in that moment. And I think that, that could have a lot, there could be a lot of fun yeah. in that. Well, even just in our pr- presentation of this option, we automatically started talking strategy. Yeah. Be- because I think there could be a lot of strategy with this approach. Oh, yeah. I think, I think you know, whether you put... It's the same thing as regular auctions. Whether you put out the guys you want or the guys you don't want, um, whether you put out the high-value high players early versus late, there's a lot of strategy, and, and you don't ever know how these things are going to shake out. And sometimes it depends on the on the temperature of the room at the moment. Right. Yep. And that is, uh, that's one of the cool things about auctions. It's one of the cool things about this playing this format overall, because if you have free agency with some decent players in it, you go through this every year and you go through that strategy every year. This is just one massive, right. <laughs> you know, uh, data dump of players and in having to manage who have you won? What 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 salary do you have them at? What's my cap number? Who's available out there? I mean, that's it's a lot. It, it's complicated, and you got to set aside a chunk of time to do it. I almost want to do it just to try it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of serious. I, I'm not disagreeing with you on it. The idea, like, if we were to, I don't know, we'd, we would do do like a regular dynasty league for a year and then switch it over. I mean, it's a good question. Or maybe you convert your redraft league. Uh, you could, you could just, you could like convert a redraft. I mean, I mean, if everybody decided they wanted to, I'm done playing, you know, scratch leagues, and but I really liked my team this year. I uh, mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it could be fun. It I'll, could be fun. I'll figure it out. It could be fun. The, the, so maybe. So are we at that? This is maybe 105 percent as entertaining as just a regular auction, uh, just because of the matching. I don't know. Maybe it does. It, maybe. But no, I, I, I think, you know, if you're starting up, that's just, like you said, it's epic. But this is a really nice way to, to uh, convert an existing dynasty league. Right. So the advantages here we talked about, it's more fun, okay? Valuations for players are, are real. I think original owners have significant advantages because if you have a player in your team, you probably like that person and you're not in, entering the bidding, right? So maybe the person that likes the person the most is removed from the bidding process, which means that the value of that player is probably a little lower than it would be in a regular auction. So you do have that advantage. It's not for sure. I mean, everybody does have players on the team that they don't like as much as somebody else. You Oftentimes you trade those players. But um, but I do think there is a, enough of an advantage to the original owners that you that, that, uh, that that'll work. The disadvantages, as I said, it's going to take a long time. Um, I think you need a really good auctioneer, and I would say this is of, of value in every, um, you know, auction, but especially a startup auction where because there's just so many. Yeah, I mean, you might be factors, you might be, you, variables. Well, you got you got you get the herding cats phenomenon, right? You got oh my God. ten ten guys and gals just you know somebody's going and getting their nachos ready and they were like who we're bidding on who right you get, you get that um 
<clears throat> you get, you know, you what else? What are some of the other? Right, you get the side talk, it's, right? Yeah, I'm not interested in this guy, so I'm not bidding on him. So I'm just going so to talk gonna to my talk buddy, with, and... talk to my buddy, so no one can hear. Then later on, he hears, he hears what? You know, Machine Muhammad. Yeah, you right. know, <laughs> who who's up? Who's up again? What are they at? Yeah. So you have so, that aspect of it, which honestly, I mean, we're making fun of it, but like, this is with your friends, so. You're, most likely you're used to these people anyway <laughs> and right. their foibles. Um, but you do need a good auctioneer to manage that, but also just the sheer volume of players that you're going to go through. I mean, you're basically covering everybody that's going to be in the league, you know, depending on what your rosters are like right now, this might be 200 players, right? So I, I want to touch on one last thing. Um, be, because people have built up like their, their, their rosters, right now in their and, dynasty league, in their, their dynasty, league. dynasty and, they're, league. and they're like man i have built up this roster and if i do any kind of auction i'm going to have to get rid of a bunch of my own players you can you can build in a uh, you can build in a structured salary cap where maybe you start at one point and and you know that the cap is dropping so maybe people get to keep you maybe you have your cap 20 percent higher for the year one and 10% higher a year or two. I mean, you can do build those things in. Ultimately, if you're going to do a conversion, you have to get enough owners to buy in or find new owners. Um, but, you know, in theory, you, you're trying to keep as much as you can. So you want to get owners to buy in. So you need to have a way of making it flow. And sometimes that might be giving a little bit to the guy who's got the stack team because he doesn't want to lose everybody. Um and and you can you can build in some of those those changes. You just have to agree agree to them on the front end. And there's no reason why um, some accommodations can't be made because you know uh, that's a way of getting enough people excited about the league. All right, I think that's going to do it for our uh, our conversion episode here. Yeah. Remember, uh, we will post the. I don't know if it'll be this particular doc, but we will post a document on the Steel Pod Facebook group that will walk you through these types uh, or these ways of converting your league to a franchise league. Um, please also feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at Steel Pod. And I'm at Steel Pod, Sean. Um, and we'll definitely respond if, uh, if questions come in. You can also email us at steelpod at gmail.com. Enjoy your playoff games this weekend. Uh, We look forward to doing this again next time. Thank you for joining us. um, And until next time, go Browns. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at Steel Pod.